Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Legendarium Podcast. I am Craig, your host. I'm here with Todd. Hi, Todd. Hey. Hey, Todd's here with us uh, virtually because uh, we have another guest who I'm going to bring in in a moment. Um, today's topic is Dungeons and Dragons. And no, we're not playing it. I, I know you wish we were. We're not playing it uh, on mic at the moment. We're going to be talking about Dungeons and Dragons. So if you're a fan of the game or, you know, various and sundry similar games then stay tuned it's going to be a lot of fun but before we do that i want to remind everybody to go to thelegendarium.com where you can find a lot of stuff old episodes links to uh, uh what, what's that thing called patreon links mm -hmm. to discord uh and there's also a calendar for upcoming episodes so if you're curious about what books we're reading uh you know what movies we're going to see and talk about on the show uh, what topics are coming up, then just go there to thelegendarium.com and check out that calendar. Now, Todd, before we introduce our guest, I wanted to tell you a story. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Today, I went to the grocery store with my wife and I realized something about myself and it was that I am old, which, you know, it, now I feel like I have to apologize to you. I've made a lot of fun of your age over the years. And, yes. Um, it's a yes, you have. It's, it's a well that I will continue to dip into. But for today, I am, I, I'm apologizing a little bit because I walked in to the grocery store and I saw something that made me go, oh, yeah. You want to know what it was, Todd? Can you guess what at a grocery store might make me say that? I think, I mean, the only thing that I can think of would be like uh, peanut butter eggs for Easter. Um... No, 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 Todd. No, it was a case lot sale. Okay, there was a oh case word. lot sale with all the, you know, the, the green beans, oh, and the, the canned peaches and the peanut butter and the, all this stuff. Uh, and I, I went, oh, yeah, you know, case lot sale. And I, I kind of ran over. I'm like, okay, do they have anything good? And I'm looking around and my, my wife looked at me like, really? Case Please tell sale? me that. She, and she so she gave me this look and I kind of like wilted on the inside and probably <laughs> on the outside, too. I wilted and I went, you know what? I think I need to go see the new D and D movie today. So I did. <laughs> that was, that was the moment that spurred me to see it. I, I was like, you know, I, I think I need to get in touch with my, uh, my, uh, what's the, what's the word? Not, not childish, childlike. I need to get more in touch with my childlike nature and just go see a fun D and D movie. So I did. I'm glad that saved you from being too old, but I, I will tell you, there's room for both when you get to be my age. So exactly. yeah, that's <laughs> we're we're gonna talk about Dungeons and Dragons and uh, and that that it's a topic I want to get into and how it can you know help us stay in touch with that uh, childlike <laughs> nature, right? Indeed. So Todd, let's bring in our guest today. We've got Brandon from Dirt Cheap Dungeons. Okay, Brandon, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you very much. Good. Well, I'm glad to have you here. Uh, dirtcheapdungeons.com is where people can go check out what you do. You've done, done a couple of Kickstarters, but you want to give people a quick 30 seconds, like what do you guys do? And then we'll talk about D and D for a while. Uh, so, um, yep. Uh, dirtcheapdungeons.com. We make uh, modular terrain pieces for not only like tabletop games, uh, TTRPGs like, uh, D and D or, um, uh, Pathfinder, things like that. But honestly, uh, people use our stuff for a lot of board games, too. Um, I don't know if you can see up there, but I've got the old Hero Quest game. Uh, a bunch mm, of people nice. get our stuff to kind of add 3D effects to Hero Quest. Um, we kind of try to be that that mid-range 
company where for the people that can't afford the stuff like Dwarven Forge that, you know, you need a second mortgage on your house, as beautiful <laughs> as that stuff is, we try to be, try to make our things affordable for everybody. So, <laughs> so, hence the dirt cheap part of yes, it. Right? Yes. Yeah, okay, awesome. So yeah, if, I, I know that we've got a bunch of gaming enthusiasts listening to this. So dirtcheapdungeons.com. You can remember that, or you can just remember to go to the uh, description. I'll put a link to that there so people can go check it out. Uh, now you both have seen the movie, right? Correct. Yeah. Did and for longtime listeners, they know that I'm not a D and D like a historical D and D enthusiast. I like it. I, I and I I love that people love it and all that stuff. I have so much respect for it. I, it's just not part of my personal history. So I wanted to ask you guys, and I'll start with you, Brandon. Did it kind of did it? Did you feel the spirit of the game as you were watching the movie? Personally, I did. I watched it with my wife who plays in all of my games as well. And there was, there was definitely enough moments in it where, where I was just like, yeah, that's, that's very D and D right there. I can definitely see that. And it yeah. was just lighthearted enough and just serious enough and just long enough. I thought to make yeah. a perfect D and D story, like just from start to end. I, I really enjoyed it. Actually. That is, that's a ringing endorsement. Todd, what did you think? <laughs> Uh, I, I'm very much the same. I've the, both times that I saw it, uh, I've seen it with people who play the game. I saw it first with my son, uh, on opening weekend. And then I saw it again, just a little while ago with my D and D gaming party. And, uh, we took up a whole row and we all laughed uproariously at different parts. Uh, there, there, there were a there were enough moments where I leaned over and I said, and that is a natural one on a, on a, on a saving throw right there. Um, little, little things that if you were, and, and quite frankly, uh, our, our dungeon master turned around and said, Oh my goodness, we are going to have a, 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 a little tome of awakening so that we can wake up spirits and have to ask them questions. And then somebody said, but shouldn't there be a thing where we have to roll to see how many questions we have to ask them before they can go back to being dead? And I mean, here we are just in the, in the theater lobby and we're talking about what we can add to our games. It was awesome. It was really awesome. There, the, the, um, you know, I've played it a couple of times and so I, I at least get the basics of D and D. And, um, for, for those who haven't seen the movie, go see the movie. We're going to spoil it. I'm spoil it. It's not, not the most spoilable story in the world. It's pretty standard stuff. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we are going to talk about the movie, so heads up. Uh, but there's the moment where they put the, the picture frame with the portal in the treasure vault and it falls on its face. And I'm like, that's a one. They, they rolled a one. So, uh, even I got that joke. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. My wife and I were laughing like crazy when the, uh, the illusion started melting. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this because I, I saw the movie as someone who's, like I said, vaguely familiar with the basics of the game. I've played it a couple times with Todd, um, you know, with, which probably makes it oh, at least okay. An okay experience. Um, I, um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, I was. I kept thinking about Conan the Barbarian, the the classic Arnold Schwarzenegger version okay. of Conan the Barbarian. Not okay. because they're similar movies per se, but because um, in both cases, they it seemed that they took the source material um, 
seriously. Yeah. But in the case of D&D, that leaves a lot more room for some humor and slapstick than Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. Is that fair? Like, you know, as somebody who hasn't played a ton of it, uh, is is D&D that fun? Is it as fun as the movie is and as funny? I mean, I'm remembering Clark, right, Todd? The, yeah. The troll, Clark. Yeah. You know, like, the, so So that's why I say I have some experience. I don't know. What do you guys think? Brandon? I I definitely think it is. Um, the I had a campaign that I wrapped up about a year ago that was four and a half years long, level one through 20. And, I mean, it has its serious moments. It has its funny moments. It has its just... <laughs> completely chaotic moments there was so we used to have a little notebook that um had uh um like sentences and phrases that taken out of context of the game made no sense but were hilarious you could just say them out uh out about somebody who would know and it would just start cracking up laughing um one of our one of our players one time in the middle of a very serious discussion turned towards our druid and said oh no we're definitely going to kill the lady but first how long does it take two ladybugs to eat a book and like it makes no sense to anyone and you're just like what <laughs> um and so i think that movie really kind of it captures the humor so well it really does yeah yeah todd todd you laugh at stuff sometimes and when you do everybody knows did you uh you didn't see this in a theater alone by yourself you decided to disturb an entire room full of people when you saw it there are people who did turn around and glare at me and I smiled politely and said, it's funny. You can laugh too, if you want. Um, the, the, the thing that I, the thing that I always, uh, whenever I'm, uh, whenever I'm running an adventure or I'm working with a group of people who are saying, you know, well, what, 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 I would say it always depends on your party. It always depends on your group. Um, I know some groups who are, so unbelievably serious that they will be offended by that movie because they're like, no, this is not how it goes. <laughs> and I watched it and I'm like, that is exactly how it goes. We <laughs> there, was, there was a great nod to something like that, I thought, toward the end of the movie when they're in the arena, there's the maze and uh, the gong goes off and then they see a, a couple other groups getting set in front of the maze. And I was like, those, those are other D&D parties. Uh, you, yes. you look at, they had all the same kind of characters. They had the D and D parties and, um, and, and it's, so first of all, it was a nod to, yeah, there, this is only one party in, in Neverwinter. Um, but then the other part of it was, you know, yeah, you can roll the one and then the Panther thing comes and eats your face off and you're, you know, you're done. You gotta start yes. over, go back or something. Right. In you're fact, done. speaking about the maze section, uh, and, and Brandon, I don't know if, I, I think Craig is too young to remember this. Brandon, I don't know if you are, but there was a D and D Dungeons and Dragons cartoon, Saturday morning cartoon show. Yeah. And one of the other parties had all of the characters from that television show as their party. In fact, if you go and you look at them and you pull up the television show, you will see that their costumes and their characters were identical. Really? Yes. It's one of those Easter eggs that I stand there and I go, 
there are three people in this the there are three people in this state maybe who caught that joke. <laughs> I am one of them, and I I started laughing for totally different reasons the second time because I saw that and I was like, I think I think I think I looked at it the second time I'm watching the movie. I'm like, yep, I was right. Those are all those characters. So it was one of the two parties that was off to the the sides. When they start, they show this party over on the right-hand side of our main group, yeah. and they all look really tough, you know, the dwarf with the, you know, yeah. looking like he's going to, you know, looking like Gimli in a Lord of the Rings group. And then they pivot, and on the left of them was this other group, very, very brightly colored characters. And I looked at him, and I went, oh, he's the ranger, he's the wizard, he's the archer, he's the, I mean, and and including the little girl that had the... Uh, blue, uh, the blue cape, and she was the magic. The whole group, it's exactly taken from the cartoon. Well done. Oh, I would not have noticed that. So yeah, you know, they, if, they, if they ever do a Legend of Zelda, um, you know, live action re, uh, movie oh, or something, amazing. then they have to have somebody like step out of Princess Zelda's way as she's walking through the castle and go, Excuse yes. me, Princess. <laughs> <laughs> Something is, little that, is that the kind of thing we're talking about here? <laughs> little things, things that when you when you stop and you look at it, you go, okay, that never shows up in any campaign. There is nothing, but that is part of my history with this game. Because uh, I used to get up every Saturday morning, and I was like, it was right toward the end of the time that I was watching Saturday morning cartoons, uh, and I watched it, and I was like, no, that's not how that game is played. But I still watched it, and I still enjoyed it. And then to see that in the movie today, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm old, but I'm happy. <laughs> which, which edition did you cut your teeth on? Was it first edition? Um, we might have been just on the tail end of the first edition, because I know we got the second edition going. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had, and I had, um, uh, I had like one person that was using the first, the first edition of the um, player's handbook. And we were trying to play with them with uh, our boxed uh, second edition beginners kits. Yes, there it is. Brandon yes. is holding it up right here. And uh, and it was just funny because we'd go in and we'd say, "Well, we've got this and this and this." And he's like, "Oh yeah, you don't need to worry about that. Let me tell you what you really need to worry about." <laughs> we were like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> yeah, I've still got a Thaco. Oh well, gosh. I think I still have it memorized. I might not. It's been a while. But man, the math that was required in this edition to be able to calculate everything out. It was insane. The number of times that I sat down and I said, how far away are they? Okay, that's inside my minimum range. Yeah. So if I use uh, if I use a short bow, will it have enough to be able to have the... No, it won't. I have to use the long bow. I, oh, it was awful. Yeah. Oh, and I'm getting the buff from you, but wait, I've got this. I've got this detriment, right? So you got your calculator out. You. Oh, I had I had one notebook that all I did was scribble figures on and yeah. rip off a page, scribble figures. When you're lower level in that in this one especially, it's like you do all of this math and you're like, oh no, I miss, and the you know the DM rolls his dice and he's just like, ah, uh, he hits you six damage, you're dead. And you're just like, well. That was anticlimactic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys mentioned uh, history with the game. Obviously, Todd, you know, has a lot of it being elderly. Um, but Brandon, what's mm-hmm. your history with the game? How old were you when you started playing it? And, and 
And, wh- and let me ask you this. And did, did you become passionate about it right away or did it take some time? So I started playing it, I think in seventh or eighth grade. So, which is like the golden age for D. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we put, we went over to my friend Mike's house. We played in his basement. It was completely like stereotypical D and D dark basement <laughs> with all the dice surrounded by Cheetos and soda and stuff. This is my first time ever playing. Uh, I played uh, a ranger, um, an elf ranger who still makes a cameo in every single game I play somewhere. Nice. He still exists. Um, uh, but yeah, so I started playing there and then there was a really long hiatus where I didn't play. And ironically enough, there was a couple of YouTube channels that I was watching like, I don't know, 15 years ago or so where some people started playing. And I was like, God, I really should play that game again, man. I had so much fun doing that. And so I kind of, and it was before like the whole critical role hit big. Mm. Um, And so I kind of talked to my, some of my friends and we started to play 3.5 a little bit. Um, And then from there, it just kind of kept going. And then I became the DM and then, you know, like 10 years ago. And then pretty much now I'm forever DM. I never get to play anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so sad. It's, it is, but see, I get bummed about it, but then I start to play. And after about five sessions, I'm like, Okay, I got some ideas again now. Going okay, let's let's get a campaign going. I'll go ahead and hit this up. Yeah, it just does nothing but get the creative juices flowing. It, yeah, it's one of those once you once you pop, you just can't stop. Yeah, right? yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love it. And then people make a suggestion. My wife just made, or my daughter who plays with us made a uh, saw a piece of art, and she's like, "It's like a ninja assassin." She's like, "The next time I play, I want to play a ninja assassin." I'm like, "You know, it'd be cool is to play a campaign where you guys are just in one city." And all you do is do heists. And then I don't have to worry about maps and stuff, only in certain locations. It's just how you tackle different jobs. Escort this person out of jail, you know, break this person out of jail, escort this person across town, whatever. And I was like, that sounds pretty easy. And it'd be really easy to come up with maps and figure stuff out. So I'm like, well, now I'm working on that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, that brings up uh, another topic I wanted to ask you guys about. But first, I, you know, uh, you brought up Critical Role, and so I have to bring it up for those longtime listeners who are in the know. Uh, they know that Todd and I were in a movie with Matthew Mercer. Um, yes, we were. So, anyway. oh, you guys were? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we we were we played huge, huge roles uh, in this movie that we were on set for a day for. Yeah, I think I was. Uh, <laughs> I was. Uh, man. <laughs> I was nearly dead. Peasant fourteen. <laughs> Um, and I think you and I think you and Ken were um, soldiers. Yeah, we were soldiers. You, you were you were you were you were warriors. Ken was dead and resurrected warrior, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. By the cleric. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So That's pretty cool. We're talking about Mythica. For those who don't Mythica. know, Mythica is a five movie uh, series. It was actually made here in Utah. And um, it's cheesy and it's B movie or C movie. Uh, and yeah, nobody cares it's because it's so much fun. And <laughs> it is straight up D and D on, on screen. So you can go check that out. If you didn't, if the new D and D movie with Chris Pine didn't scratch your itch, then go check those out. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you can get glimpses of me and Todd and Ken in the fifth movie. Uh, if you make it that far. So, well, I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was I? Oh yeah, no, I was going to ask you guys about this. 
Um, it, I, I was only kind of joking when I said, oh, seventh and eighth grade, like that's the perfect time to get into D&D. It kind of is, mm -hmm. in part because um, as kids, we have the time and the patience to learn stuff like this, where mm -hmm. adults may not have that, it, like the barrier to entry for somebody <sighs> my age might be might be too high you know because you're talking about gosh i gotta worry about maps i need to worry i need to learn kind of the quest and the story and i need to understand these characters that these people have created uh and on and on and on especially for a dm it's a ton of work to mm -hmm. get to the play what are your thoughts on that is there a barrier of entry that's too high or is it um am i making a mountain out of a molehill here Brandon, what say you? Um, I personally, so in the DM aspect, you've really got to have a passion for it, I think, um, in my opinion. Um, you can definitely tell the DMs that are just kind of doing it just because they're, you know, they're Nobody interested. And the ones that have the passion for it, because the ones that have the passion, and there's nothing wrong with just doing it because you're the one who, you know, has to do it. Um, but if you're older, yeah, you're right. You've got jobs, you've got responsibility, you've got, you know, oh, I've got to get the kids to school, you know, I got to get the dogs to the vet, you know, I've got to pay the bills, I got to do this. It's like, when am I going to find two hours to sit down and kind of like write out an adventure? And then um, most of the players in my game are all basically about my age. And so they, they all have lives too. And so it was a little bit more difficult. My sister-in-law especially was to get her involved in the game. She liked it, but as soon as she realized, she's like, this is a lot of rules to learn. I think it still took her, well, it was a four and a half year long campaign. And at the end, she was still like, wait, I can do that. And I'm like, your character is one page. I mean, could you, could you give me just, could you just read that there for me? Uh, but I get it. It is a lot. Um, it can be depending on how you want to play the game. But so there's always the rule of cool. Just we yeah, one of the yeah. one of the things that we we I, I'm playing with a group that is uh, we have three of us that were longtime D and D players, uh, and uh, two or three of us that are brand new, uh, or or at least they're new within the last few years. They started as adults and they've been trying to learn. Um, I'll, I'll, I I as I watch that group, a lot of it has to do with how. Uh, open you are to learning some of that kind of stuff because it's it's really about maybe this sounds strange but there's really a rhythm to it there is here we have the role-playing part and are you comfortable with the role-playing are we comfortable with the storytelling then we have the the combat portion are we comfortable with what those rules are and what those look like and then the fast math and the fast math and fifth edition is a lot easier than uh, some of the earlier editions. And so that barrier to, to entry is pretty easy. But I, I think the hardest barrier that some of those uh, older folks have had is when we talk to other friends that we have in the neighborhood and they say, oh, yeah, we're playing a D&D &D campaign. You're what? Um, this idea that they are doing something that is as silly and childish and, and I have responded and said, no, 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 no. You, you need to recognize that what this is, um, I, I think at least, is, 
is a, a strong burst of imagination and something that keeps you young rather than slows you down or takes away from all of these other things. We're going to do hobbies anyway. Uh, and you're going to learn all kinds of things about hobbies anyway. May as well be something that you can have a good time with, with your children, with your grandchildren, with other people. It's a family affair for some of us. Yeah. Uh, you know, Brandon, you were saying your daughter plays with you. I think of nothing better than being able to have the family come together and we trade stories about what's been going on in our various campaigns and we just laugh. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. I think my, my defense as a, as a non-player, um, I, I have conversations. People find out I host this podcast and they ask about D and D and I have to admit, I, I don't really play. And they're like, you know, people will make fun of it. And, uh, in, in kind of in the way you describe. And, and my thing is, so I, I always shoot a question back to them. What are you passionate about? What do you enjoy? Uh, heaven forbid somebody says, I love football, you know, the NFL. I, I, I love watching. Oh, yeah. And I say, oh, who's your favorite team? And they'll tell me who their favorite team is. Oh, who's the star player? Yeah. Oh, how, how many yards did he throw last year? Oh, you know, and eventually you back them into this thing where it's like, so how much time did you spend on football last year? You know, <laughs> or like, we're all going to go we don't have a problem sitting down and watching a two hour movie or reading a book or whatever. And, you know, so, uh, it's a, it may be a little bit mean, but I do have some fun backing people into that corner and saying it's okay. And it's probably more productive than watching John wick for the eighth time. Like I did last week, you know? So oh, a lot of it has to I'll kind of go back to what Todd said too, is I think people get embarrassed too, because they're like, Oh yeah, it's your, we're playing make believe at the table. And, I always have to remind everybody when they're the first players, uh, first time players at the table. I'm like, everybody here is playing make believe. <laughs> like, you are not going to embarrass yourself at all. Like, all you're going to do is we're all going to laugh together because we all think it's funny. We're all going to make fools of ourselves. And I mean, people do that all the time just because. So it's like yeah. just a different environment to do it. Yeah, and it can and it can make lifelong memories, Todd. Mm -hmm. What is the name of Ryan's character? Oh my goodness. This? I can't remember. I just remember I, it was, he was afraid of getting dirty. It was Andy. <laughs> no, 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 no. He was a dandy. His name. Yes. Was Rosh Teldarin. And oh, we Rosh Teldarin. I yes. laughing when he told us his name. And, and like, that's the kind of thing where it's like eight years later, I'm like, Rosh Teldarin is stuck in there forever. Uh, in my memory, because uh, it was just so darn much fun for three hours on a Saturday night. Well, and for me, the the I, I like I say the remembering that he was just afraid of getting dirty. I kept thinking, how many different ways can I set the stage that he has to get his character dirty? It was pretty easy to do, and I just enjoyed it. Every time he walks out on the street, a cart goes by, just splat. <laughs> Well, and, and, and you have to know, Brandon, when Craig says that his introduction to this was very different, when they were starting their adventure, they were negotiating things like, well, what about, what about our first aid and our medical and what, and I look, I had oh, to look at them. about 401k benefits, I think. I had to look at them and say, guys, you are adventurers. Go adventure. <laughs> Yeah, well, wait, there's a... paperwork to sign here, right? Like, like, is this covered by an insurance? Maybe what's this about? No, uh, as, as long as we're swapping memories. The other time I played with Todd, I'm not sure if I've told people, listeners about this. Um, 
I know I've mentioned it to a few people, but the t- second time I played D&D with Todd, it was me and him and a bunch of, uh, I will generously describe them as tipsy Scottish women. Yes. Uh, the the marketing team from the Ardbeg Distillery in Scotland uh, needed to know how D&D works. They'd never, you know, they didn't know what it was or how it worked or anything like that. And uh, so we played for two or three hours with uh, like for us, it was way too early. So I hadn't started drinking, but these women in Scotland were hours and hours ahead. So they were throwing them back and we were having a grand old time. So. That is they amazing. were well on their way. And I may describe myself as a non-player, but when I describe my love for Dungeons and Dragons, it is real and it is abiding. So as short yeah. though my experiences may be. The stories that go along with it, like you said, are just, my, I used to write a lot in like, High, throughout high school, to grad, I took it writing classes as all my electives. To graduate, you had to take four classes, and I took fourteen. So I took like, <laughs> everything was writing for me. So um, now that when the campaign was over, my wife's character Orla the Rogue, um, a little gnomish rogue, uh, she has me write stories for her all the time. And I mean that campaign's been done for two and a half years, and now she's always mm-hmm. just like, "When's the next Orla story coming out?" When you come in, I want to know what else happens. I want to know. So I just pick like little snippets of her life and write her stories. And I mean, she loves that character. We have Orla art hanging in the house. She's wow. so. is, is this a, is this a serious, you know, book length pursuit? Or are you publishing these things anywhere? Oh, no, that they're just pretty much for her um, or, you know, the people that were in the party or know her, that character. But yeah, the first one ended up only being like just a quick little 17 pages um, the next one, I was like, oh, I'll probably write another 17 page one. And um, it can ended up being 41 pages. And then oh, I wow. started writing another one. And I'm already like two pages into that. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be like 80 pages. Well, you know what other book started out as just a little way to amuse family members? little book called the hobbit brandon the hobbit started that <laughs> way okay right. so well, publish and, your damn book and dragon i think Dragonland started off as a campaign yes I, I believe you yeah right. yeah i i remember um when when life got a little too busy to play Dragonlance was just starting to come out and i had i i think i read boy two two full trilogies on that Dragonlance uh set before I said, oh, gee, I need to get back into playing a little bit <laughs> because timing was uh, was an issue. But it continued to fill in all of my all of my interest. It was just, it was delightful. Yeah, it kept scratching that itch for me, too. Like when I stopped playing, I kept reading like all these books. I read all the Dritz series. I ran all the a bunch of the Dragonlance stuff. And it was that's when I kind of when I got older, I started playing again. I was like, you know. I've obviously been wanting to do this for a while because yeah. I just keep reading this stuff. Why don't I just start playing again? Yeah. So, all right. You obviously don't have to sell me on how much fun it would be to play D&D because I, I know. Uh, but let's say there... Eh, well, okay. If there's anybody listening who isn't a fan of D&D, they, they probably dropped off a while ago. But for those <laughs> who are listening, who want to bring their friends, you know, maybe somebody's listening who... You know, they're out of college, they're in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, their whatever. Um, and they've got a friend who they're like, you know what, they, oh, you would love D&D. How do you pitch it? 
you know, cause I brought up the obstacles, right. That, that time commitment and, uh, and there is the barrier to, uh, uh, the barrier to entry, which is, Hey, I'm afraid of looking foolish. Right. So there are these barriers, especially for adults, uh, but how do you get past them? How do you pitch this to somebody? Brandon? Oh, me first. Um, <laughs> Unless you uh, want to talk. I, I bet Todd's got this one chambered and ready to Todd, 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 why don't you feel this guy? <laughs> sure. For me, it's it's really about what they enjoy. Um, you know, like I mentioned, there there's there's kind of the three different aspects of uh, when when I look at these things, there's three different aspects of the campaign. There's a there's a strategy aspect. How do we get from here to here? How do we plan our next moves? There's a role playing aspect where we're telling stories and there's a combat aspect where we're, we're trying to figure out how good we can do tactically to solve this. And it's all about what they're interested in. If I'm talking to one of my drama friends uh, and I think that they might enjoy it, I talk to them about the, the role playing and I say, and then we'll get into some, you know, and yes, there's some, some, uh, some tactical role, uh, some tactical dice rolls. We'll walk you through that. Just come and have some fun telling stories with us. Uh, for the person that's really interested in the longer term thing, uh, to be honest, I tell them, just come over and have some pizza with us and talk th- talk through some of this stuff. I think what you'll find is that there's something fun for you to be involved with. And for people who really like the tactics, um, these are people that also would like other kinds of tabletop games like Warhammer 4000, 40,000, or you know, some of these different kinds of, of pieces where it's all about, you know, how can I move the tactics? And I say, you're going to love this. You're going to love the combat piece. You ought to just come and play some and have some fun playing some combat stuff with us. And it's all about what they're already interested in. And I just let them know there's a place for that here. And then I tell, and I tell everybody this all the time and we're going to laugh a lot and we're going to eat a lot of good food. So why don't you just come and have some fun for a night? Or at least food, you know, it's usually pretty greasy, right? Let's be honest. I play with some people that put together a spread. I can I tell you guys, speaking of greasy food and D and D, there is a stereotype. You know, like you remember the the Wired article about Brandon Sanderson, Todd. I don't know if you saw that one, but it uh, the guy that wrote the article, he's supposed to be doing a a profile of Brandon Sanderson, and he took an opportunity to make fun of Brandon Sanderson fans at this convention, right? Uh, yes. But it's a very common thing, you know, oh, fan convinces everybody's overweight and smelly, right? It's the it's the old joke um, and it's infuriating and, and whatever. I went to see the D&D movie today and I was right smack dab in the middle of the stereotype and oh. it was uncomfortable and hilarious. Uh, mm. I was, <laughs> obviously, these guys, I was sitting next to uh, the theater was packed, by the way. Uh, this movie's been out for like two weeks or something. The theater was packed. Um, but I was sitting between two very overweight gentlemen who breathed extremely loudly uh, and uh, had mountains of greasy food on their laps as they were watching. And I was just like, this is so perfect. Uh, and I'm and I'm so glad I'm the one sitting between them because these are my people. And, I, <laughs> and, I, and I'm not going to like <laughs> judge them too harshly for this, but I did recognize the stereotype as I was I sitting it. in the middle of it. So. You thank them for the immersion. You're like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the guy the guy on my right was definitely the Todd of the theater who got every single joke and had to comment on it every time during the movie. <laughs> uh, I've completely lost 
the thread here. I have no idea what we were talking about. We were waiting for Brandon to but, tell us how he brings in new players. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you okay, go. so I'm a bit spoiled in that. In most of the time, um, nearly every single time I play, it's because people are insisting that I DM for mm. them. So I never, most of the time I'm having to be like, Sorry, the game's already got like eight people and I can only take so much here. The biggest game I ever had had 14 players in it. Do not recommend. Um, (laughs) Too many, too many. Way too many. Um, But honestly, it's just once they get there and if they feel uncomfortable, that's kind of, that's the most experience I have where I'm just like, kind of what Todd is saying. It's just like, all we're doing is we're just hanging out. We're having a good time. When something comes up that's technical, if you're confused, I'll just tell you what to roll or I'll sit them next to somebody who does know what to do. And it's just like, other than that, we're just telling a story, you know, pretend, you know, whatever the campaign happens to be happens to be in or what the setting is like, if it's comedic, it's just like, just be, just be comedic, just be funny. You know, you don't have to worry about anything else. You know, we're fortunately surrounded by enough new players and experienced players that somebody will pick up on it and they'll just run with whatever's going on. Yes. It makes it comfortable and fun for everybody. What you both have said has made me think a particular thought, and I'm going to get to that, but I want to back into this thought by asking you a specific question, which is uh, virtual D&D, you know, a Zoom session or something, basically Mm -hmm. like what we're doing now. You know, if we tried to play D&D, have you done it? What's been your experience? Does it work? I have done it. Um, I've actually played a 3.5 campaign with it, and I've played Stars Without Numbers, which is a sci-fi um, set, if uh, you don't know what that one is. Um, it's fine. It's great, depending on the players you have. There can be a lot of distractions, depending if you have a player that gets distracted very easily. Then you yeah. have to be like, hey, it's your turn. <laughs> like, uh, What do you got going on? But other than that, I think it can work. I just prefer the table you know, being in front of people. I think that's where the fun is for me. That really gets, that's, yeah, where, where I get my enjoyment. Yeah, I, I, having done both once, <clears throat> uh, I agree. And the reason I ask this question is uh, something that I was thinking about as I was looking around this packed theater and these people, I was alone because like even among losers i'm a loser okay so i was alone at a D screening and i'm looking around there's all these groups they're obviously you know parents and children and uh, but more often than not it was a bunch of dudes in their 30s and 40s who were going to see the movie together um and it got me thinking uh you know i was waxing a little bit lyrical in my head about kind of the what the internet has done to us and you know who has two thumbs and makes his living on the in- internet this guy you know so i'm not trying to totally denigrate the internet but it has deracinated us it's uh, it's kind of atomized our culture and uh and you can make a macro point but you can also make a micro point with that look at your own life you know anybody who's listening look at your own life and think about uh how much time you spend with people online versus offline um yeah. and and i hope that that balance is healthy right but D D is it, it's one avenue of many, right? I'm not trying to say that this is the savior of mankind or something, but but if you find yourself thinking, gosh, I, you know, I wish I had more real life friends. I, I wish there were more people around me that I was comfortable with, that I could laugh and have a good time with. And, you know, I, I might like D&D. Go down to your local game store, 
Yeah. Talk to the guy behind the counter, usually a guy, not always, but talk to the guy behind the counter and say, Hey, you know, I'm interested in joining a group. Are there any that have openings, maybe people that could help me get to know the ropes? And I guarantee that person will have people that they know um, who can help you out. And it's so I, I guess I, I, I don't mean to get too heavy with it, but I think it can be a really beautiful thing. And while yeah. Zoom sessions can be fun and interesting and, you know, especially if it's a group that already knows each other well, there isn't a substitute, I think, quite, you know, for, for getting together and sitting around a table and eating the greasy pizza and laughing too yeah. hard and having a great time. When, when the pandemic was in full bloom um, and, and we were all in lockdown in 2020, uh, our entire group transitioned to, and we, and we live within, most of us live within walking distance of each other. Wow. And we were meeting at somebody's house and, you know, that's kind of how we were doing things. Um, and when, uh, here in the state of Utah, they put a moratorium of, uh, on, like they did, in, I'm sure in many places, there was a moratorium on any gathering more than 10 people. And our D and D party, we, we hit 10 people real fast. So, we did Zoom for about eight months, uh, and uh, I was the dungeon master at that time. And as a dungeon master, it was uh, a little bit more, uh, a little bit different kind of front-loading work. Um, as a player, um, you know, paying attention, staying with it. It's it's really easy when you've got especially if you're like me and you've got two screens. So you've got your game in one screen and you've got, uh, you know, Amazon up in the other one or, uh, and frequently now we play with so many online aids. You've always got a screen open where you're looking up. Is that really how that spell works? I'm not sure. Let me take a look at that. Oh, okay. That was a nine, ta nine tabs open across the top. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we found, uh, we have found that, um, and, and we had a, we extended our, we extended a campaign where we invited two family members that lived in Albuquerque to join with us for about a year and a half campaign. Uh, and it was at, at about once every six months they would be in town. And so we would gather together around the table live, uh, with everybody and just have a blast for that moment. Uh, but then they would leave and, and to your point, Craig, uh, we found a way to make it work. And it was wonderful for, for strengthening those relationships while we were. But there is a level of spontaneity that happens around the table that electronic transmission of information just gets in the way of. And so if, you know, if, if you've got people you want to do it with, absolutely use the technology. But if you want to, if you want to have a fun, interactive Imp improvisational experience. Uh, nothing beats finding somebody local that you can do those kinds of things with. Well, it's the human connection for me more than any of the other stuff, which is also important and fun and delightful, but it's that you, you can't like, you know, Brandon, you're a lovely guy. Uh, but I, I won't feel like I've gotten to know you until we see each other face to face. Right. <laughs> you know, this is yeah. the world in which we live now. We're all familiar with zoom and how all these things work. And uh, anyway, so, yeah, I guess, um, I guess I just love the connection that D&D &D brings to people on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah, it's um, the, the energy definitely is so much more different. It seems to just feed 
feed on itself so much easier when you're face to face versus, you know, digitally somebody, you know, something funny happens, everybody laughs on the camera and it just kind of moves on. But there's just something about watching it happen in person. It's that excitement of, you know, watching, you know, uh, a football game on TV versus actually going to the stadium. The energy is just different. Good point. Um, he good he point. brought up he brought up football talk. I, I know, and I don't even this. play football. I don't even watch football. <laughs> I almost won a I almost won like five hundred dollars once picking one of those football ladder things just based on their colors. So, um, and which really upset a lot of people because the sec or I took second place, and the first place uh, lady did the exact same thing, and she won. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> when I was when I was seventeen, working at Ace Hardware for the summer. Uh, all these like lifers at Ace Hardware started a fantasy football team and they're like, you got to play. I was like, all right, fine, whatever. Uh, and I got, this is back in like 2003 or something. So I got Dante Culpepper as my QB and didn't pay attention for the rest of the season and got second place and everybody was super pissed. Uh, so yeah, been there. Anyway. Um, going back to what you said though, Craig. <laughs> okay. Oh, People. D&D? What? Yeah, you yeah, yeah. about D&D? No, that's weird. That's weird. Yeah, football D&D. Oh, let's see. <laughs> um, the, uh, the idea of people going and finding groups and stuff. Um, we've had people, I've had people come into my groups that really like D&D too, that maybe they just don't fit into the particular yeah. player group that we have. So it's like, I think a lot of people assume that when they start playing D&D, like the group they meet and they're like, oh, well, this is it. Like if, if I don't play with these guys, there's nobody to play D&D with. So I'm not right. going to bother playing D&D. The community is huge. I think yes, way bigger than most people realize. And so that stigma, you know, while it's still getting, you know, a lot more open and people talk about it and people play it a lot more. Um, there's still kind of that little bit of a stigma where I don't want to tell people I play D and D. It's like, if you just go tell people, it is amazing how many people will be like, Oh yeah, I play. We've, we've got, um, my sister-in-law is a uh, child psychologist. We've got doctors, we've got business owners, we've got, you know, people of all walks of life, truck drivers that I play with. It's like, it's amazing the amount of people. So like you were saying, Craig, you go to those places, you talk and be like, Hey, is there a group? If it doesn't work, keep looking, you yeah. will find a group. You will find people that fit your niche and want to play the same game you do. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't mean it'll be easy or comfortable to find your group, but like, mm-hmm. it's worth it. It's yeah. Worth oh, it is a hundred percent worth it. Some, you Sometimes you got to get out of your little, uh, your comfort zone there, but yeah. man, is it worth it when you do it? Yeah. Well, on that yeah. note, if somebody is passionate about D&D and they want to use dirt cheap dungeons, this, look at this professional segue, okay? I want, <laughs> I want to bring it back to dirt cheap dungeons uh, because as we, as we wrap up the conversation, I want to make sure that we know what it is that you guys do. You gave me your 30-second elevator pitch, but what else do you want to tell us about dirt cheap dungeons and what people can expect when they go check it out? Um, so, yeah, uh, as I said before, we make modular tabletop terrain, mostly for games like Pathfinder and D&D so that you can build out on your tables. Um, uh, but, you know, also for board games, people use it for Zombicide and Hero Quest and other board games that they just kind of want to add an extra little pizzazz to. We make different sets for, like, dungeons. We make um, cavern walls have just come out. So if you want to construct caverns with all sorts of interesting uh, curves and hallways, 
Um, we're making kits for waterways and lava flows. And um, basically, it's just to enhance the tabletop game. Um, there's a lot of companies out there that do stuff like this, or you can 3D print your own. But we injection mold ours, so they're very <laughs> so durable. Suck at 3D printers. Yeah. The, the, a lot of people argue with us and will point out, they'll be like, well, why don't I just 3D print my stuff? And it's like, have you ever actually calculated the cost of the materials and the time and the labor, and then they need to be painted? 3D printing can be a labor-intensive and expensive experience as well. And you've got companies like um, Dwarven Forge that make beautiful terrain pieces and amazing rooms, but they are very expensive. Yeah. And so we try to be the everyday, um, everyday kind of version of that. Uh, our owner, Cameron, likes to point out, you know, Dwarven Forge or those companies, they're like the Ferrari, they're the Lamborghini, they're the show-off pieces. Where the, the Honda Civic, where the Ford pickup truck, where the thing you're going to be using all the time, every day. Um, they uh, fit in little boxes, so they break down super easy. They take up no room, um, and they're recycled. Uh, they're made out of 30% recycled material, and we actually make everything ourselves um, in our shop. Uh, the only thing we do not make in our shop is um, the box itself. But, hmm. yeah, we produce everything. So That's that helps us keep costs down. That keeps everything affordable. And so far, people love it. Absolutely love it. Well, there you go. It, yeah, so people should go to dirtcheapdungeons.com. Like I said, I'll link to it in the description <clears throat> or the show notes, depending on how you're listening or watching to this. Uh, so go check out that link. Um, and if, yeah, if it's something you're interested, yeah, please. Yeah, and we're uh, available, and available on Amazon too. Amazon US, Amazon Canada, Amazon UK. We're about to be on Amazon Germany. So we're, oh, we're, you can find us in a lot of places. There you go. And when people go buy your stuff, I'm sure there's like a little notes box or like a, a comments, or special requests or something. Mm -hmm. tell, tell them that you heard about it here and then make, make me look really good. That's me too. I'm, I'm the one that ships everything out. It's <laughs> a very busy job. And emails, I'm 90% of the one that responds to any emails. Email. So go. if you talk to anyone at Dirt Cheap Dungeons, it's a good chance you'll be talking to me. <laughs> well, I think, uh, I, I think we've come to... A really good stopping place, um, and this is just a great time to remind people to go out. Uh, you know, if you're looking for a movie to watch, then please watch or or revisit uh, the classic Conan the Barbarian. I think that's what we've all learned here during this conversation. Or oh, spend an evening watching Mythica, apparently. Which Mythica, I'm yeah, there you doing. go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna have a good time with that. Uh, the, uh, yeah, there are stories. I, I will tell you stories off uh, off camera. Um, <laughs> anyway, I love so, stories Brandon thank you for joining us and Todd I couldn't have done this episode I could have done this episode without you but it would have sucked so I'm glad you were here uh, thanks, I couldn't have done it without you Todd I couldn't have done oh thanks Brandon I appreciate <laughs> that I got your back I got your that back. makes one of us uh, <laughs> alright and for all those listening thank you so much uh, for your support again thelegendarium.com is where you can support us and find the episodes coming up so we appreciate you checking us out there. Until next time, everybody. See you later.